This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. He puts the C in awkward. Huh? He didn't finish high school. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Now being joined by the all-time wins leader in the history of men's college basketball, Coach K, joining us here from ACC Tip-Off. And Coach, I actually want to start our conversation here talking about Greensboro a bit, because since you're on in the triad, and I know how much this means to you, there's a pretty big headline about the league looking at headquarters where it should be, and currently they're evaluating Greensboro as the site. Considering the history of Greensboro and the ACC and how that's interconnected, what are your thoughts about the ACC looking into that particular issue? Well, I think when someone takes over, Jim Phillips is, you know, we're fortunate to have him as our new commissioner. Uh, You evaluate everything. I mean, that's incumbent on on a new leader to do that. That doesn't mean you're going to make change. And uh, uh, obviously with with Greensboro, Greensboro's been an an amazing home for the ACC and therefore it's not like what you promise, it's what you have delivered uh, when you take a look at that and and then what you want to continue to deliver. So uh, certainly Greensboro has done that. Uh, but I don't fault Jim for looking into things. And, again, I have no inside information on where this all will lead. But I, I think it would mean that we will all get better from it. And uh, hopefully you know, it means that uh, you know we will continue to be in Greensboro. I remember after the Trey Jones game in Chapel Hill in 2020, before the pandemic really raged, you got pretty emotional after the game talking about Dean Smith and the atmosphere, the family atmosphere he built in Chapel Hill, and that's something you've emulated in Durham and that you've built. And Roy Williams certainly continued that. Did it give you satisfaction to see a longtime assistant over there get rewarded in Hubert Davis and that it's an in-family hire, kind of like what you're doing with John Shire moving forward? You know, I think it was kind of should have been expected, you know, and just like it should be expected in at Duke where like part of our brotherhood, part of their fam someone from their family, uh, you know, would take over. Hubert, uh, I, I he's a friend. You know, I you know I've known his wife since she, before they were married. Uh, uh, she's the daughter of one of my teammates from West Point, uh, Bob Siegel and uh, and he, he's a, he's besides being an outstanding player and he's been a great assistant there, he, he's just a really good man. And so, you know, that's a great hire for them. And and uh, I think John taking over for us will be a great hire for us. And, you know, we'll continue that, uh, that the classic rivalry that's been developed over decades, you know, the, the Duke Carolina basketball rivalry. Coach K with us here on WSGS Sports. And since you're on in the triad, I want to ask you on the way out about two guys we're lucky enough to have in our area. There are two D1 programs in this state. 
that have never made it to the NCAA tournament. And unfortunately, they're both in the triad with Elon and High Point. Both are coached by guys you're pretty close to. Coach Shragi, he made the CAA title game in year two, almost ended that run. He was once on your staff at Duke as a director of basketball ops. Do I have it right that Mike's dad was actually a teammate of yours at Army way back when? Yeah, Dan, uh, his dad was the captain of our, when I was a sophomore, he was the captain of the 67 team and, uh, and you know, was a great athlete and uh, um, and uh, just a good man. And he, he uh, also was really smart. <laughs> he had a great career in, uh, uh, in the service, but also in teaching and uh, just, a really good family. I've known them my entire life. And then Mike did an incredible job for us and then and with and it's gone to other programs. You know, we're at uh at Stanford, uh in Ohio State at Butler, you know, he uh and he was uh, a manager for Coach Knight at Indiana. So he's he's been around a lot and uh I'm happy with what he's doing at Elon, and uh, I I think that's a great school, along with High Point. We're so lucky as a state to have the quality academic institutions that we have. And Tubby Smith, you've had your fair share of battles with him on the way out. uh, Tubby and I were probably about the same age, and... uh, uh, you know, and that was that was such a good thing for High Point, and their their president has done a great job in in building up the the brand of of that university. Coach, we'll see you in about a month. Thank you so much for spending the time with us in the triad today. All right, take care. See you, Coach. Hey. Bye. That is Coach K joining <clears throat> us for a little while here, and Jim Beheim is going to pop on by in just a few minutes. Interesting, Duke, nobody is as careful with COVID protocols than Duke has been. And this is one of the fascinating storylines, I think, for me going into the year. There has never been, even if it was the most normal of circumstances, and we weren't coming off a season in which Duke didn't have anybody in the stands for their games at all, There would be more demand for Duke basketball tickets this year than any other year because it is the final year, even though Coach K does not want it to be referred to that way, but it is a reality. It's his final year. So that, coupled with the intense protocols that Duke puts on themselves to keep themselves safe and to keep the players safe, is going to be an interesting thing to follow because if you've ever been inside Cameron Indoor Stadium... It's a really difficult place to keep socially distant and to follow a lot of these protocols. That's a fascinating story. And the only reason I bring that up is you might be wondering, aren't all the ACC coaches at ACC tip-off? Why did Coach K just call in on the phone? Well, it's another degree of safety for Duke, where Duke, you know, I don't know where those headsets have been. I don't know where those microphones have been. This place does not have a vaccine mandate, even though I've been vaccinated and Darren's been vaccinated. You know, it's just one of those things. Duke's taking every precaution 
to stay safe. Coach Gay very publicly said that he got the COVID booster. So that's that's the messaging that they are wanting to take. I'm just interested how that's going to progress during this basketball season. Robert, how should we handle things? Jim Beheim's about to walk over. I don't want to tick off Jim Beheim. We we got to we got to talk about the Greensboro deal, right? That's got to be the approach we take here. Yeah, or which of his favorite nostrils to pick is. I'm definitely not going to ask him that, Robert. Man, you're making things really difficult on me. Trying. I want to be diplomatic here because I think people should be allowed to evolve in their opinions. And what I respect, and I'll tell Jim Beheim this, is that his opinion of Greensboro has evolved, where he said what he said in Brooklyn five years ago. But then every time we've called up with him since then, in Winston-Salem at Wake Forest, at the ACC tournament last year and this year, he said that, you know, he, he has a lot of respect for the city of Greensboro. It would have been very easy for him just not to show his face again or to at least duck every time he walked into a room when he came to Greensboro. But I think a year after he had those comments, he had a speaking engagement in downtown Greensboro. So he wasn't shying away from it at all. So that's something that I wouldn't mind talking to Jim Beheim about. I think that's the way we handle it. If Robert Walsh were doing the interview, though, what questions might be asked, I wonder? Yeah, probably which nostril. <laughs> I don't think – gosh, I was about to step right in it. I was going to say, I don't think you pick which nostril you pick, but you do – Literally, I don't think that's something you think about, is it? Like, nobody says that, oh, left one versus the right one. I mean, you're not doing it for pleasure. You're doing it for, like, a necessity, right, because you have a booger in it. So, really, which one of your nostrils needs picking more? I think that's an intelligent question. Okay, let me set up the rest of this hour before Jim Beheim steps to our set, which is just in a few minutes. <sighs> BDOT is going to be here in 20 minutes. We're going to bring grammar school back. I have a ton of people who ask me, man, is BDOT ever going to come back on the show? Well, he is. In 20 minutes, just to promote Late Night in HD, Late Night with Hubert, we are going to have... Uh, we're going to have BDOT join the show. Jim Beheim's coming over right now, though, as we welcome him in. Jim Beheim might need some headphones as he's going to step in right now. Head coach of the Syracuse Orange before we get to BDOT and then later this hour, or I guess this would be next hour, Kevin Keats will drop by. Steve Forbes will drop by. Also on the docket today, Hubert Davis as well. So here he comes. The head coach of the Syracuse Orange is Jim Beheim. And coach, you're on and Greensboro, Winston-Salem. Great to be here. Great it's, to be it's, there. It's good to have you with us. And you're somebody – see, I think your comments – and we've talked about this before since 2015 or 2016. Mm -hmm. It got a bit of a bad rep well, most misunderstood. 90% of it was just a joke. And uh, the 10% that was real is, I, you know, our fans like to go to New York City for the tournament. Sure. And I can't blame them. 
I can't blame him for that. But uh, for me, I almost like to play in Greensboro versus some of the cities because it's so much easier to get around there. And uh, it, I don't go anywhere when I go to the tournament. I just go to the tournament in the hotel. So for me, I'm fine in wherever the tournament is. But Greensboro's in some ways easier than it, some of the other cities. Isn't it true? That right after that, you had the speaking engagement in Greensboro. I think a year oh, later. It was so. a couple years. No, it was a couple years later, and uh, yeah, it was great. Had a great experience with that group. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was it was fun to be there, and again, you know, a lot of times you make jokes, and most of them are just kind of for to try to humor the situation. I mean, everybody knows that there's better restaurants in New York City than there is in Greensboro. That doesn't mean that. <laughs> Greensboro's a bad place. And, in fact, Greensboro has good places. I like possibilities. And a couple There's other a place places. in Winston-Salem that's one of your favorites when you visit the yeah, road, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Italian place. He's great. Great place. Right? Little place. I love to go there. What do you think about the succession plan that Kay put together? Not the fact that this is his last year, but the way he looked at the transfer portal and thought, I'm going to – do a favor to John Shire and help him well, by by pushing this a year ahead. Well, the biggest thing is it enabled them to recruit to the coach that was going to be there. If he had not said anything to the years over, all the players coming to Duke would have been recruited by him, and he didn't want that. And that was that was the right thing to do. And John has proven that he can get players. You know, Duke. Dave Odom once told me a long time ago, way back. Before we were, when he was still an assistant, I think he said, I don't worry about Duke and North Carolina. They're always going to have players. I have to get players. They're always going to have players. Is this something, though, that you look at and think, man, it's worked out for John Shire. Whenever that time is for you, you might consider something similar? Well, we'll work something out at Syracuse for sure, and, and it'll be good. It'll be a good plan. And uh, But for Duke, it worked out perfectly. And Roy's thing in North Carolina worked out perfectly because when Hubert took over, he got a couple of good guys in the transfer portal that made a big difference. But Baco came back, so it worked out great for North Carolina. Both situations worked out. Let's close where we started, and that's with Greensboro. Mm -hmm. The new ACC commissioner, Jim Phillips, has visited every single ACC school, and he's looking, they're investigating right now what's best for the league headquarters, mm -hmm. which has been in Greensboro for a long time. And you look at the changing dynamics of the league. There are more former Big East members in this conference now than there were founding members in the league. And I don't think a lot of people know that. And it sounds like Jim has heard from a lot of his constituents, or I guess league members, that are interested in the league potentially being centered, headquartered somewhere else. What do you think? I don't have any opinion. I'm sure people would be surprised, but I don't have any opinion on it. I don't think where the league office is is that important? I really, do I. I, I really don't. I think the tournament being in big cities, it, it helps, I think. It helps a little bit for the exposure. Um, but I, I really don't think it matters. I'm sure people that study this probably have their reasons why it should be in a big city. I haven't, I'm, I'm not, I haven't researched it. Uh, I don't have those reasons or what those reasons are, but I'm sure there is a case to be made for a league office to be either more centrally, lo centrally located or in a bigger city for some reason. But I don't, I'm not making that argument because I don't know the facts in the case. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't know where that's going to come down. And, and uh, 
I, you know, I really, and I, to, for me, it, it really doesn't matter. One more thing. When the dome gets filled up again, mm-hmm. considering what this last year has been, right. I remember I was talking to football coaches. They said, I've been more emotional than I've ever been just seeing a crowd because we took it for granted before. What emotion do you think you'll feel when you see that crowd for the first time? Well, last year was just surreal. It was just didn't seem like you were playing games. That's how crazy it was. And uh, for the players to have gotten through last year as well as they did and was motivated they did and to play as well as they did is an under underrated accomplishment. I don't think the players have been given anywhere near enough credit for going through what they had to go through all last year and playing games and testing and testing and staying in hotels, not leaving the hotel, not going out at night. I, our, our players are so much happier this year at practice every day because they can go out. They can go to the football game. Um, I mean, it's just so much better. I mean, it'll just be it's so much more fun for, for everybody, especially for the players. Jim Beheim, thank you for spending the time in Greensboro, Winston-Salem today. Thank you. There he goes. That is Jim Beheim joining us here on WSJS Sports. We'll get to Major League Baseball and more next on The Drive. I think he is very insightful. He makes some really great points. He's the man. He's the man. <laughs> the Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Kevin Keats hanging out with us, NC State basketball coach. We're at ACC tip-off. And you've always made a point, and it's appreciated in the media, to thank people for their coverage and all those types of things. But something you said at the end of the last basketball season registered, I can't wait for next year when we'll be able to see each other face-to-face. Well, here we are, and I'm just curious, what, what emotion do you think you'll feel, not talking to guys like me, but when you're able to step back at PNC Arena and it feels somewhat normal? Well, I I like things when they're normal. And, of course, what we went through last year and the last couple of years hasn't been normal. And, you know, honestly, you know, I'm a people person. And all of these Zooms, I found out a lot about myself doing Zoom. I found out how good my Wi-Fi is doing Zoom. And so, really, to be able to sit across from people and have a normal conversation, that means a lot to me. And I do mean that, Um, you know, you guys, you do a great job of covering us. Sometimes it's not what we want to hear, but at the end of the day, I, I love the, the ability to be able to talk to folks. How important has the triad been to your recruiting when you consider Cam Hayes is probably somebody who might be running your team this year offensively? Well, it's been important. Um, you know, we, we've had a group of guys that have decided to come here who are born in, born in North Carolina and represent North Carolina. And so the great thing about it is they're playing for NC State and they're playing for their cities. They're playing for their state. And that's been good. You know, Cam's going to be a good player. He got valuable experience last year. Uh, you add to Quavion Smith, who's also from the state, and Breon Pass and Manny Bates and Greg Gant. You know, we're building something in Jalen Gibson. So we got a lot of guys who are born and raised or lived in North Carolina for a long time. That's going to add value to our team. Do I have it right that Breon Pass, who's from Reedsville, is almost seemed like a younger brother to Cam Hayes? Well, I don't know how Cam Hayes can call anybody a younger brother. That Cam is Hayes, yeah, crazy. yeah, you know, I, I, I've heard that I've heard him say that several times, um, and maybe because he's a year older. 
but at the end of the day, they have a close relationship. Um, they've been playing AAU since they were very smart. Um, both moms are tremendous friends, and so I think that's where it came from. Kevin Keats with us here. How's it going to feel, you think, in a year when you're the elder statesman head coach of the state of North Carolina? Well, everybody says that to me in the ACC, but let's not forget I, am, I will be the longest tenured guy uh, in a year. But I'm not the oldest. You know, Hubert's older than me and Steve Forbes is older than me. I don't want to be the oldest. I'm, I'm still the youngest. I'm still a young pup. But you the know. young guys, they're about to run things in the league now. Well, Old guys have been running it for a long time. Well, the young guys have done a great job, and they've, they've been successful. And, um, you know, I'm excited about, you know, a direction that our program's going in and, um, you know, can't wait to continue to build. Is it fair to say that – Cam Hayes might be among the more valuable guys you have considering how much pick and roll you run? Well, he certainly is valuable because he's he's my quarterback on the team. He's my point guard. He's the guy who's supposed to be an extension of me. And I think that's important. You know, when you throw a freshman out there in the ACC, it's typically not a great result. Cam got a lot of experience last year, and he's not coming in as a freshman. He has the opportunity to take a huge step as a sophomore, and I think that's something that he's embraced. What did they show you when Devin went down last year? And you make history in NC State basketball, I think five consecutive road wins in the league, something that didn't happen since David Thompson was cutting down nets in Greensboro. It showed me that we got grit. Uh, it showed me that our team didn't have any quit. Um, those guys had every reason with the two pauses in the pandemic and uh, Devin Daniels going in, going down to lay down, and we didn't. We fought. Um, you know, at one point we were 4-8, and eight, which has been the lowest that we've been in our league, and to come out on top and win nine games in the league and stay above 500 since we've been there, it's been an impressive year for those guys and what they did in the turnaround. If – Dave Doran's playing football in Charlotte right down the road from where we're at a couple months from now. Is Kevin Keats going to be at that game? Oh, 100%. Uh, I'm very supportive. Um, Dave's done a tremendous job, and I like what he's doing with the program. He's been, you know, steady recruiting the state. You want to talk about a guy who's done a good job in the state? That Clemson win was electric. Um, that's a great building block, and I, I know he's not just satisfied with that. He's going to continue to win, and I will absolutely be there. I might be on the field. I might go down on the field. Were now. you on the field a couple of weeks ago when everybody was running out there? No, just I, it is a pandemic still going on. I just want to make sure. But I love the fact that everybody celebrated. I don't even get on the floor when I, guys, when we storm the floor. I make sure I get out. But I love to watch everybody else celebrate. See, I'd imagine that's a pretty big recruiting weekend when Clemson's here and you have that environment. Did you get any feedback from some of those recruits about that entire process of storming the field and how fun that was? All I can tell you is that everybody that was there really liked what they saw. <laughs> Kevin Keats hanging out with us. This is big. See, this is our intern, Nick, yeah. who is an NC State graduate, and he is just so excited to be here, starstruck by everybody walking by trying to play it cool when Coach K and Kevin Keats is dropping by. He's, you're, he is most excited that you're here, by well, the way. Well, thank you for graduating from NC State. I'm sorry that you got to sit beside Joe Giulio, who also graduated from NC State. That's true. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you know that yet. Um, but we appreciate you, and uh, we respect our alumni, and I want you to come back and see us, and, you know, I'll get you tickets to a game. L last thing for you, what shoe wear are we wearing right now? 
Well, I was, I was, I thought it was going to be a couple of referees that showed up, so I, I wore some Prada that are shiny, so we can get some calls this year. I would have been showing that off to Brian Kersey, and hopefully that you know his whole refereeing crew can wear these shoes, and I kind of get a kickback for it. <laughs> I'm wearing because of Nick. Woof. I've got the NC State colored Nikes that we have on here. Yeah, but you know. They are They're not NC Adidas. There you go. I was going to say, and they are Jordans, too, just so you know. They're Jordans. But they look nice on you. They do. Thank you. See, I, my goal is there's eight radio shows here, Kevin. Joe Giglio, as you mentioned, right next door. Just want to have the best shoe wear out of everybody here. Yeah, you know, I'm looking around, and I think that you do. Um, you know, you got the best shoe of anybody that's doing the interviews. Let's say that. Boom. Thank you so much for spending the time in the triad. Thank you for having me. He's nuts. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Hubert Davis with us, North Carolina head coach at ACC Tip-Off. I actually want to talk about basketball with you, if that's okay. Seriously? Because <laughs> nobody has asked me basketball questions in the last two hours. So Get out of that, here. That, that would be great. Okay. I would See, love that. BDOT's a really good friend of ours in All the right. triad. He's getting set for late night with Hubert. Yeah, Friday night, Yeah. it's going to be a lot different than the ones in the past because – B-Dot's been telling me it's going to be all hoop now. It is. It is. B-Dot, is, he's going to get everyone hyped up. He's doing a terrific job getting everybody excited about uh, late night on Friday. And, you know, one of the things when I was at Carolina is we had the blue-white game. We didn't have late night with Coach Smith and dancing. We just had a blue-white game. It was an inter-squad scrimmage, and it was sold out 21, 22,000 every year. I thought it would be great to bring that back. And so we're going to scrimmage. We're going to have a, a, a big-time inter-squad scrimmage. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is our guys finally getting out in front of a crowd, you know, for especially our sophomores. They've never played in front of a crowd in the Smith Center. And so to get our guys used to playing in front of uh, 22, 21,000, it, it, it's going to be a great experience for them. You let me know if this is a good read on it, Coach. When I look at your roster, I see depth all over the place, yes. guys who you can just insert and play at different spots. But there's one area, one guy on the team, that I think possesses a skill set that nobody else has, which makes him really important. I'm talking about Caleb Love and his ability to play, make, and run the point. How Would you go as far to say that – he is, out of all the guys you have, the guy that needs to bring it game in, game out the most in order for you to achieve your goals? I wouldn't say him the most, but he is a huge piece of us achieving all of our, our, all of our team goals. He's been absolutely off the chart in practice. He's worked so hard over the summer. You know, one of the things that he came into my office and he says he needed to get better. He needed to get better in his preparation and his practice, and if he did that, his play would take off. And to have a, an 18-year-old kid look you in the eye and tell him how much he needs to improve, that's a pretty big deal. How unfair would it be to try and judge what a player might be like Caleb based on last year when you consider the lack of lead-up, how many distractions were there, the pandemic element of things, the youth and also his position shift based oh, on what he played in high school. There were there, there were so many factors. You know, this was the first time that he actually solely played the point guard position ever in his career. Uh, you bring in COVID and just, you know, 
not the ability to be able to spend time together as a team off the court, which I think is huge in being able to be the best team that you can be on the court. I also think not only for Caleb but also for R.J. Davis, they didn't have an older teammate that can show them how to prepare and how to practice. Both of those guys came in as freshmen. We handed them the keys and said, okay, let's, let's run the team. Very few guys in the country could be able to do that. But this year, Caleb Love is playing great basketball, and he's going to have an outstanding year. Do I have it right, Hubert, that you were born in Winston-Salem? I was. And anytime Wake Forest plays anybody other than North Carolina, I cheer for the Demon Deacon. Is that right? Yes, I do. Why is that? Because I was born in Winston-Salem. <laughs> two plus two equals four. How about that? I start, uh, uh, Where I first lived was off of uh, Patterson Avenue. That's crazy. And so I remember going to those, I don't know if it was single-A, double-A, or, or triple-A games, but uh, I remember going to baseball games Word there. Hawks? Yeah. And my mom, her first job was at the uh, Wachovia building downtown after she graduated from Johnson C. Smith. So I love Winston-Salem. Are you a superstitious guy at all? I am not. See, Jay Billis might say otherwise. We have a piece of sound. Jay Billis was on the show a few weeks ago, and yeah. he wanted to share a story about Hubert Davis. This is how that sounded. Okay. The Carolina locker room. But there was a big NC logo uh, carpet in the middle of the, the locker room floor. And as I walked into the, the locker room, he, he, he stopped me and said, you know, you, whoa, 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 you can't step on that logo. Like, no, no, no. And, and I, I said, what are you talking about? He says, you can't step on the, the North Carolina logo. Like, that's, uh, that's forbidden here. And I said, look, Hubert, um, I don't know, like, kind of, maybe we're not that smart at Duke, but when I, where I went to school, if we don't want somebody to step on something, we put it on the wall. We don't put it on the floor. <laughs> Anybody can step on uh, the North Carolina sign. I just didn't want him stepping on it. <laughs> Anybody can step on it. I just didn't want Jay to step on it. <laughs> He was going to stomp on it, so I, I stopped him from doing that. <laughs> the record has been set by Hubert it Davis. It has been set. On the way out, how will Hubert Davis' press conferences be different than Roy Williams' press conferences? I have no idea what Coach Williams' press conferences were like, and I've never had a press conference. So we'll find out after we play Loyola, Maryland um, on November 9th. <laughs> J- JV team didn't have press conferences We afterwards? did not. Well, we did. We, we did. No one showed up. <laughs> <laughs> up. Oh, last thing. Farewell tour gift for Coach K. Have we figured it out yet? I have not. I have not even thought about it. You know, as head coach, there's a number of things on my list and things that I need to think about. That wasn't one of them. Well, keep this in mind. Keep <laughs> okay. this in mind. Chris Patola told us yeah. that when K is there at the Smith Center, he specifically times it where he's in the, the tunnel and he waits for Coach Williams to come out. So that way Carolina fans have to make a decision. Do I cheer Hubert Davis when he's coming out on the floor, or do I boo Coach K? Okay, well, I'm stubborn as well, so I'll just stay there in the locker room. It's going to be a standoff. It's going to be a standoff in the tunnel. <laughs> Hubert, it's so good to finally meet you. Nice we to meet you. We hope to have you. you on in the triad more often, yeah. and good luck. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs>